Welcome back to the Solidarity Podcast, where we share stories to connect with one another, find comfort in life's challenges, and to celebrate the solidarity that is being a woman. I'm your host, Riley. I have a really special episode for y'all today, our first ever Solidarity Interview. Today I have joining me self-reliance coach and firearms instructor and my Instagram friend, Casey. Casey has played a huge part in helping me gain confidence as I set out in my journey of improving my self-defense skills this last summer. She's been an incredible resource, and I have learned so much from her content. I definitely recommend giving her a follow, even if you're not comfortable with firearms. Actually, especially if you aren't, because Casey gives a well-rounded look at the world of self-defense and the options you have. Her mission is to help 10,000 women become confident in their ability to protect themselves through situational awareness with or without a firearm. I relate to Casey because she, like me, is a mom who simply wants to make sure she can protect her kids. She shared with me that when her husband deployed for the first time, she didn't realize how much she relied on him for the safety of herself and her family, and that didn't sit well with her. So she took a deep dive into learning how to be her own first responder and found it was her calling to share and help others do the same. She became a USCCA firearm instructor and considers herself a situational awareness expert. A few fun facts about Casey, she loves Harry Potter. She said she was the kid who dressed in a cloak and pointy hat at the movie theaters when a new movie came out. I didn't grow up with Harry Potter, but I have read some of the books and the writing is incredible. She also shared that she lives in a converted school bus with her family, which they converted themselves. It's seriously awesome. Make sure to follow her on Instagram to see it sometime. I'm low-key obsessed with mini houses and converted buses, but I don't think I could actually ever live in one. Casey also is far more adventurous than I will ever be as she has cycled across the country after graduating college, which I could never. Casey's story has inspired me, and I was thinking about who I wanted to bring on the show to talk about this topic that really is becoming dear to my heart, and I knew I wanted Casey because not only is she relatable, but she's knowledgeable and approachable. The world of self-defense can be really overwhelming, especially if you know nothing about it going into it. And this is a topic that is not talked about enough amongst women, yet we are at the most risk for violence. And depending on our demographic and other factors, some women are at even higher risk than others. I know it can be easy to think that it will never happen to you, but that's just not a feasible way to think. Personally, I struggled with being a Christian and feeling like if I carried or trained that I wouldn't be trusting God. But I learned quickly that evil is all around and that there is no reason that I cannot take precautions and trust God. I'm responsible for storing my body and protecting myself and my son, and I have a responsibility to preserve life. And if that means that I can preserve our lives and the lives of those around me against forces of evil until God calls me home, then I'm all in. All right, I'm going to stop rambling now and get to the good stuff. Join me in welcoming Casey. Hey, Casey, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share your knowledge with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I'd love to jump right in as we've got a lot of great information to cover. So my first question is, what propelled you to start taking an interest in your personal safety? And how did you get involved in the um, concealed carry community or however you wanted to, to define that community? Yeah, so um, I had always kind of been in that space just personally. I've never actually like talked about it with anyone or um, tried to teach it at all. But it was just always on the back of my mind. But I never actively even um, learned about it. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just look around me and make sure that there's no one around me kind of thing. And then it wasn't until my husband deployed. Mm -hmm. And that first night, I was just like, (gasps) Oh my gosh, like I was waking up to every noise uh in the like in our house. Um 
And I didn't realize how much I relied on him for the safety of like myself mm-hmm. and our family. And so that didn't sit well. I like slept on the couch next to my daughter for the first week. And then I got my concealed carry license, which I've been meaning to for a couple of years. And that just kind of was like, nope, you're getting it now. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah. And then um, once I had that, I was just like, I have so many questions and I have, I need to know more because, uh, situational awareness and self-defense is so much more than just carrying a gun. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't really like, I couldn't find any good resource. I could just learn in one spot. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like, yeah, through different books and different YouTube videos. And like some people just like, there's no like one focus that I could just do, you know, figure out, um, you know, what's the, actually the best way to be situation aware other than, cause there's so much more than just looking around. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And so that's kind of like how I jump started into it. That's awesome. I totally relate to that because like when I was pregnant with my son, I had, my husband had like introduced me into the, the world like a while ago, a couple of years ago, but like I was not having it at all. And mm-hmm. It took me getting, like, getting pregnant and thinking about, like, okay, like, what am I going to do when I have to eventually go out with him without my husband? Because, like, I was always super, like, paranoid about situations and Mm -hmm. I was constantly worried about something happening to me. But then the idea of something happening and me having a kid with me suddenly just, like, changed my world and made me realize that I really needed to take this into my own hands and own it and not just depend on my husband and never leave the house unless I was with him because it was it was like getting to that point of paranoia where I did not want to leave the house without him because I was afraid of not being able to defend myself I'm like this is ridiculous I'm living in fear and that's not necessary when there I know there's tools but I totally relate to what you're saying with not uh, having a one place to learn it all because mm-hmm. I've been so overwhelmed even just getting, I mean, I got started last summer, I'd say like really owning it myself. And okay. I've had like this week, I put together guides for next week's posting of like posts and stuff to get started because there are so many different accounts with so many different resources. And it took me forever to dig through a ton of them just to get like basic information so right. I'm like excited to share that with people because I feel like there's some, you have to have a place to start. And unless you know mm-hmm. something about it, it's really confusing and difficult to even find a place to start like learning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's like the kind of the, what happens with everything now, cause there's so much information on the internet mm-hmm. and anyone can post anything. So now you have all this stuff and you don't, know what's what works and what doesn't work like people are posting that things that are unsafe people are posting things that like not everyone can do and Mm -hmm. so it's just you need to be able to also cipher through that while you're trying to figure everything out exactly and I love your approach (laughs) because you don't just look at it of like the only option is to carry a firearm and I feel like there's a lot of women in this space who like go to that extreme of like that's the only option and the reality is is that that boxes out so many women who just aren't there or aren't comfortable or who live in states. Unfortunately, we're getting to this point where you can't even have one. And so I think I love what you're doing and and how you're approaching it. I think it's amazing. Um, So why are you passionate about women's self-defense specifically? So when I first got into this, like I started reading a ton of books and I was just like, the the biggest thing that everyone touched on was, um, the best way 
to get into situ or self-defense mm-hmm. is situational awareness mm-hmm. and like just conflict avoidance and being able to pick out a threat before it even becomes a threat. Yeah. And if you can do that, you're already so much better than, um, than before. Yeah. And like a lot of crimes and assaults, most, not all, um, nothing's ever perfect and, um, not every scenario is the same, but you can remove yourself from a situation before it ever becomes one. Um, and it's just like, even if we didn't know any self-defense, we didn't carry firearms or anything like that. If every single female was able to apply that Mm -hmm. crimes would like decrease dramatically. Oh, absolutely. I was just thinking about it last night when I was writing a post and I came to the realization that we've been taught this message our entire lives of like, this is just how it is for women and you just have to deal with it and hope that you're not the next victim. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that I feel like that kind of keeps us in that victimhood mentality. And that for some people is a safe place, especially when you have been a victim of of any type of um, assault or just being preyed on in some way. I feel like it's a safe place to stay, but the reality is is that I feel like, like you said, we can prevent a lot of that if we just educated and especially educated this next generation coming up to to make them understand that you don't have to stay in in this cycle that we've been in for a really long time. Um, And it just, it takes people talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would love if you tell me a little bit about like your certifications and do you have any like career goals in this space? Yeah. So um, I recently became a firearms instructor through the USCCA. Um, And uh, I'm super excited. I've actually like have a bunch of ideas that I'm putting together. Um, But my main focus is to kind of teach two spectrums. One is situational awareness only Mm -hmm. um, because I believe that's like the best place to start. Um, And then the other aspect is introduction, everything you need to know when you become a new firearm owner or if you're like, you're just unsure, you want to have a firearm, but you're unsure, you're like nervous about it, which is very understandable because it is a scary thing if you don't know much about it. Definitely. Um, It's just, yeah, to be able to create um, just a forget everything that you're reading or seeing, you know, like this is all you need to start. Um, so then like you cover those two areas and then you're comfortable to be able to seek out other instructors to do maybe force on force training with firearms or um, the jujitsu or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like two in and then be able to figure out what, where you want to go after that. I love that. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you create out of those ideas. Um, Thank you. So not a lot of, I don't, I don't feel like you talk about this too much, but I've seen it. You have a highlight on your um, Instagram and I see you talk about it sometimes, but I would love for you to share a little bit about how your hearing loss has impacted or influenced your journey with self-defense. Um, I have moderate to severe hearing loss and mm-hmm. I was born with it. Um, I started wearing hearing aids when I was about four and a half years old. Okay. Um, and I never actually thought anything about it until my husband de- deployed. Yeah. Um, I used to never wear them. I used to just go running without my hearing aids. I used to go to the store without my hearing aids. I used to stay at home without my hearing aids. Like it's just, 
it's like putting on glasses. Sometimes it's annoying to yeah. put them in, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, just don't wear them. But since I started going down, especially since um, I was waking up to every noise and, like, uh, even during the day, if, like, a tree branch scraped or a house, like, I'd be like, what? what's that? You know? Yeah. And so um, auditory is such a huge part of situational awareness. Yeah. And so I was like... I am being so stupid not wearing these, you know, like when I'm out in public, like this is so stupid of me to not do this. Even you talking about it is kind of stressing me out low key. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So like now I wear them all the time, except for when I'm sleeping, obviously. But like, um, and I go through a lot more batteries, but but like, it's so important to be able to use everything you have, like all your senses, Mm -hmm. if you have all your senses. Um, And that kind of makes me start thinking about like just being at a disadvantage. Like this is a permanent disadvantage for me. Even when I'm wearing my hearing aids, it's not, I I can't hear to the full extent Mm -hmm. that someone with full hearing can. Um, And the biggest thing is some people will be like, oh, I, I'm short and I'm small. So like, there's no point in me learning to defend myself because it's just hopeless. And it's just like, no, like you need to train for the situation that you're in right now. Um, and some people have a per, like a permanent disadvantage. Some people have a temporary one, like being pregnant, temporary, um, broken leg, temporary, but you need to be able to train at that moment in your life, exactly. like where you are right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you put together a really good post. As I was going through those guides, literally half of them are just your posts because you have so much good <laughs> stuff out there. Um, but one of the posts I read was about increasing your senses and doing the different in, um, intuitive exercises to make sure that you're checking in with yourself about, like, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. What are you hearing? What are you remembering? Um, what is your gut telling you? And I feel like that's just so important and not really something that we like actively think about. So we have to make an intentional step to think about that. Um, so I want to transition a little bit into statistics for just a minute, because I think it's really important for women to know what is the actual reality of the risk. And like we were talking about not staying stuck in that victimhood mentality story that we told ourselves and passed down to our children um and that now we're having to handle as as adult women um i'd love to ask you are there any statistics about women's safety that you wish all women knew yeah so there's actually quite a few of them um the first one that i always like to talk about is um in relation to dependency on other people, mm-hmm. uh, especially the police in this situation, um, it can take a bad guy to pick out the target in seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can take four seconds for them to take you down and attack. And even for you to re- just realize what's happening, because sometimes it takes a second, mm-hmm. a couple of seconds for us to register, like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening to me. Yeah. Um, and then 20 seconds is your window to either stop the threat or get away from the threat um, before you get taken to a second location um, or pretty much being taken a second location. Um, yeah. And the purpose of a second location is so that the bad guy can take their time and do what they want. Um, yeah. And the chances of surviving that, it gets lower and lower. Yeah. Um, so that adds up to 31 seconds. The national average police response time is 10 minutes. Wow. So imagine, like, having to just 
be in that situation. Yeah. You got 30 seconds, right? And yeah. you got to wait nine and a half minutes. Um, and I think it's actually up now. I think it's 11 minutes at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, you, you can't, you just can't depend. I would love to, that'd be great. But like, please can't be there all the time. You know, they, they have, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they, they just can't be everywhere at the same time. Anyway, so you don't really want to give your dependence to someone else. Um, another statistic is, um, every hour, 75 women will be raped. Um, and that's just like, that's just not okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't really know what perspective that gets put into, but it's just a statistic that I like people to know because, um, a lot of people think like, oh, this isn't going to happen to me. But the thing is, everyone thinks that. Yeah. You know, and there are these people that get assaulted and they think, oh, it's, it's never going to happen to me. Yeah. So that's, that's, um. Well, and the reality is, is, I don't think I know of a single woman who's not had a bad sexual encounter with a man, whether it was, yeah, uh, it started off consensual or it started mm-hmm. off or it was not consensual to begin with. I, I don't oh, yeah. I don't know of a single woman who hasn't does not have a story like that. And yeah. the the reality of that escalating is is high and I feel like as women we have been taught to be kind and to back down and to not listen to our intuition and to just accept a man as charming and to do whatever they want so that you don't make them mad. Um All right. And, like, one thing you talk about that I love is that it's not rude to say no. It's not rude to walk away. It's not rude to get loud if you need to. It is not rude to fight back. It's not. Exactly. And we have to own that and really get in women's faces about that. Like, we're not Mm -hmm. living in an age anymore where the guy across the room is going to step in, most likely, if he sees something happening. And like you Mm -hmm. said, I feel like we're so dependent on people around us. Like, we feel like... People are going to be good and step in. And you may have some people like that. And I feel like the more we talk about it, the more you're going to get more people who are going to get loud and step in if they need to and work to preserve your life just as much as they would their own. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just we can't, we can't rely on other people to exactly. do that. Yeah. 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 Um, and that actually leads into my last statistic um, yeah. is that 80% of females don't fight back. Um, oh, wow. Criminals don't want to get caught and they don't want to get hurt um so if you show that you're going to put resistance they're probably um i I mean again like every scenario is going to be different but the biggest thing is they don't want to get caught they don't want to get hurt so if you start putting up a fight that's something that they don't want um Mm -hmm. and unfortunately sometimes it just makes them mad and they're just going to continue doing what they're doing um but uh a lot of times that it shows them it's just not worth the risk to them. Yeah. So, um, so what do you wish that you, all women knew about keeping themselves safe? Uh, the biggest thing is situational awareness. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, if, and there's so much, it, it's not just, like I said, keeping your head on a swivel is so much more than that. Yeah. Um, but if we could just have that one piece of knowledge um, as the category as a whole, then we would just be so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into that a little bit where you can kind of break that down a little bit more. Um, So why do you think women get so overwhelmed when it comes to the idea of defending themselves? 
there's a couple things. Um, the first one is thinking of violence is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, thinking of like your child getting kidnapped or being assaulted, like that is extremely uncomfortable to think about. Mm -hmm. And so we comfort ourselves by saying, oh, that, that's not going to happen to me. Like, I live in a nice part of the neighborhood, so that's not going to happen to me. Or I wear modest clothing, so that's not going to happen to me. But the reality is that's not true. Yeah. Um, or they may, that may not be true. Um, and so we, we like to distance ourselves because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the other half, I think, is that uh, when a female wants to, like, get into it and they express interest, the the two things that pop into people's head is, oh, firearms or self-defense class, you know, like all these like big extravagant things, mm -hmm. but it might not, that might be, that's too much, yeah. you know, like yeah. we need to, the, like if you're someone who never touched a firearm or seen a firearm, you're like, oh, okay, if that's what it means, then I'll go back to being, just not thinking about yeah, it, you know, definitely. or, um, yeah. And like self-defense classes are mostly taught by males like there's tons of amazing females self-defense classes out there but um you have to travel to them or yeah. or you just can't find one near you yeah, and so it's like enough. yeah and so starting small is the best because i think other than that it just gets so overwhelming and you just don't know where to start yeah like looking back if i didn't have my husband who was incredibly knowledgeable walking me through every single step of that and helping me and correcting me and critiquing me and making sure that we were getting out and practicing and and practicing situational awareness together and talking through scenarios mm -hmm. like if i didn't have all that i would not be here right now like i and that is, <laughs> I, I recognize that that is a blessing and rare in most circumstances yeah. and so i, I totally yeah. agree that there's i and i that, that's yeah go ahead oh, sorry no go ahead that's that's how i was too like i was never uncomfortable with firearms yeah i've shot them like two times in my life and I enjoyed it but like if it wasn't for my husband who when we moved to Texas like got me into shooting then I just I wouldn't be where I am right now today either yeah. you know and the, and I have nothing wrong with firearms but it's it, it's a hard subject to get into if you don't have someone there to help exactly absolutely and I love that you're also trying to make that a little bit more accessible for women who don't have that um, with mm -hmm. the, the different things that you're, you're developing. Do you think that women need to carry a firearm in order to defend themselves? Yeah. So I think that, um, firearms are a great equalizer for women. Yeah. Um, a fantastic equalizer. And if every like female had a, a firearm, um, I think crime would dramatically decrease. Yeah. Um, like imagine on the news, they said, wow, 98% of women in the United States carry. And so now you have a criminal who's like, I got a 2% chance of picking someone who doesn't have a firearm yeah. on them. They're going to really think twice about it. Yeah. So I, I think it's great. Um, but I know the reality is, yes, there's states that don't allow it mm -hmm. um, or make it really difficult. And some people are just really uncomfortable with them. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if you can, if you're interested, it's a good route to take a look no, at. No, I completely agree. I mean, I was yeah. watching, I don't know if you saw the video that was shared last night. Um, Nina Flores had, I think that's how you say her name had shared it and I reposted yeah. it and just watching that video of the car pulling up and the guys jumping out at that uh -huh. woman, like if she had had a firearm on her, she would have been mm -hmm. able to put so much distance between them and herself yeah. and she would have been able yeah. to defend herself far better than, than she was able to fight back when she had nothing on her. 
um, just yeah. because they had enough distance between him and her to be able to draw and and shoot if she had felt yeah doing I, yeah I, I saw that video and I actually thought she did have a firearm for a second because it looked like she was like gonna go grab something and there was enough distance but then she didn't and I was like you had like so much time you could have you know no, like, I know. it's just yeah and I was yeah. even thinking like oh if I had seen that car even beginning to pull into that parking yes. lot like that I would have been in my car immediately like she should have already been I, in yeah. her car not just waiting there yeah. like but that's a whole other thing. But like you said, that's just yeah. teaching situational awareness and getting people mm-hmm. to a place where they actually don't put themselves in situations that could be vulnerable. Because you really, you never know what could happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So then what do you recommend if someone isn't comfortable or isn't ready yet for them to carry on them um, for their like everyday carry situation? Uh, if they're not comfortable with it, then... Um, and if they if they're not comfortable but they want to get into it, I highly recommend just wearing it at home, yeah. completely unloaded, um, and seeing how it like reacts or moves with their body throughout the day, how it feels, what's normal, what's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when like you're in public and you're not like oh trying to adjust it and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and yeah, and like seeing what works for clothing and things like that. But if if firearms is just not in the question, um, again. It's always going to go back to situational awareness, but there are other tools out there. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is just finding the one that works best for you yeah. and the one that you're most comfortable with. Yeah. Do you have a favorite self-defense tool other than your firearm? So other than situational boring. awareness. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no, my, my tool that I like is actually a flashlight. Okay. Um, because I, I have a kind of an, an interesting, funny story about that. Yeah. So I have um, hearing loss, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when I went to school, went to college, I was put in a dorm room that had like the fire alarm flashing light. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, this is so stupid. Like I'm never, I'll be able to hear the alarm. Like the alarm's loud. I can hear, just not that great. And, but I was sleeping and I was in the top bunk. Um, and I woke up to lights a light flashing yeah. and it was dark in my room and I'm like what is going on I was so confused I was so disoriented because of the light I had never been woken up by a light before and I didn't know where I was like I didn't I forgot that I was just on the top bunk and I fell out of my bunk bed oh no and even on the floor I'm still like I don't know where my door is because the stupid light keeps flashing at me <laughs> and like it was really just blinding and yeah. so it that just shows you like how effective blinding someone with a flashlight could be even yeah. like during the day. Yeah. Um, and you cannot, yeah, you can use it for so many other things. Like, uh, if you're at the store and for some reason the parking lot lights aren't working, you have a light to get to yes. your car. You can look around your car. Um, you can use it to blind someone to get away or draw mm-hmm. attention to them. Um, it, it's just like a, a single tool that has a lot of uses to it. Yeah. Um, you and you can still everywhere. use it to hit someone, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah and definitely. like, if you know, if you know where to hit like it could it could be effective that way too yeah absolutely I know it's so interesting like that's something that you wouldn't normally think of it's something that my husband's like very passionate about he always has his flashlight yeah. on him and we're working yeah. on getting me one that will actually work because he broke mine the other day um but <laughs> but like yeah definitely that's something that most women like would yeah I'll carry on the tiny little flashlight like those skinny really yeah. bright ones are great 
Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I love just, that. You want to make sure, yeah, that the lumens are high enough. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, just get, yeah. Yeah, no, you can definitely do some damage to someone's eyes with that mm-hmm. or just disorient them enough to get away. Because that's, that's the thing is I don't think most women realize, like, you don't actually have to, like, hurt the person that you're trying to, like, yeah. get away from. Like, the whole point is to get away, to avoid a situation. Right. To, I feel mm-hmm. like when people talk about this, they think that it like it means that someone has to get severely hurt or dead. And the re- reality is, is like our hope is that that never happens. Like we're looking to preserve right. life, and that means avoiding situations, getting away. So if you can do something to distract them or to temporarily disable them right. and get away, like that, that's what you want to aim to do. Um, right. Yeah. So do you think that there is a process that women should go through if and when they do decide to start carrying? Yeah. So uh, the first thing is to realize that it's expensive. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot more than just buying a gun. Yes. Um, you have to think about the ammo and the uh, like the equipment to go practice shooting like your headphones and your eye protective eyewear um yeah and then you need your safe for the car and the safe for the house and your holsters and your belt and you might need to get a different set of clothes because like your clothes don't work anymore so it's a lot more there's more expense to just the firearm yes and then you also have like the training um just going like i realized this just going to the six hour concealed carry course was not enough it was enough to understand the laws but that's it like how do i defend myself with a firearm if there's people around or Mm -hmm. um you know there's so many different things and like cleaning your gun you like you have to clean your gun and so um like they don't teach you that in the concealed carry course so there's a lot of um basic knowledge that uh you need to learn uh to be a responsible firearm owner. Yeah. So, and it's always like training never stops, yep. even for professionals. Mm-hmm. Like they never stop. So you always want to continue training. Yeah. Yeah. Dry fire yeah. is like a daily must for me. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I have to do it every day, especially like before I go out, I'll, I always like, cause I, so personally, like I love following people who will post like different outfit ideas, like to even adjust to like what you already have. So that you don't have to buy a whole new wardrobe. Cause I feel like if you have a couple right. options of like, different belts and different holsters and stuff you've got options um because that was like one of my biggest like I don't want to do this because it's going to be uncomfortable and I'm not going to be able to wear my clothes and like I I learned like I figured out how to wear overalls and and safely draw I figured out and that's the thing is like you want to have cute outfits but also be able to safely get to your firearm quickly and safely um but like I've been able to figure out overalls rompers like all of the different things like I'm figuring mm-hmm. it out because I'm like, I am dedicated to staying cute, but also staying <laughs> safe and prepared. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like all of that stuff, like my husband taught me and that's, that's stuff that you have to like really, really think about before you get into it. And just, um, one thing I wanted to ask you is how do you recommend educating yourself on state laws, federal laws, laws in the States that are around you that you travel to? Cause it's really important to know, all of your all the different laws for all the different places because they differ from state to state and not all state has is it reciprocity with each other is that how you say it? reciprocity yeah. yeah yep um yeah so my favorite resource is the uscca reciprocity map okay um and they make it so easy to look all this stuff up um you just type in google uscca reciprocity map um and it's it's 
an acronym for United States Concealed Carry Association. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's free. You can, they, I think they have an app that you can use. I just do it on my computer. Yeah. Um, but all you have to do is click on the state and it'll tell you like right away with colors what states will honor the license okay. that you have. Yeah. And then down below, they, they cover everything from guns at like how to store it at home how to store it in your car can you carry do you have to tell the police if they pull you over Mm because some states you have to tell the police um and then uh they also have stuff about knives and pepper spray and other like tasers and and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just all laid out nicely on like click every state and you can It'll just tell you all about it. Yes, I love um, that. So that's my favorite resource. Well, yeah. and those laws are always changing. Like, I Tennessee yes. has changed their, like, I don't, I wouldn't have had to have a permit when I got mine. Um, but mm-hmm. we decided to because I travel out of state to go see my family and I would have to have a permit there. So, like, it, it's, okay. it's important to know all of that kind of stuff. So what advice do you have for women who do carry when it comes to training regularly? Um, the... The biggest thing that I see is, and this is what I thought when I first started um, carrying, was like practicing is just standing and target shooting. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there's a huge difference between target shooting at a stationary target, standing stationary, versus having adrenaline run through you yep. and trying to get out, like, if you're handed, like, you know, if you're in pinned down or whatever like you know like yeah. all the and then you have it your brain just completely goes out the window yeah. so <laughs> um and so it's completely different and um understanding that your train like your reaction is going to be as best as your training yep. um but probably not as best as your training it's only going to be as best nothing better yeah um but you're probably still not even going to react the same way that you thought you would mm-hmm. um and uh, so so realizing there's a difference and trying to, as best as you can, like, obviously you can't replicate or um, train like, I'm losing words, um, <laughs> like, you can't um, stimulate, like, everything yeah like you can't simulate the danger ambush yeah. scenario yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but you can stimulate it enough to be able to train and better train for the real life situation um and that's that'll look like force on force some people will um if they have the ability like work out and get their blood pumping Mm -hmm. and um try to target practice like a moving target something like that um but there's definitely a force on force i think is the best yeah because that gives you like a real close simulation um yeah so but yeah just realize like stationary is it's not going to be the same as yeah as training for true self-defense i learned that like we were doing uh, we were just practicing one day out of his uh out like on some land it was just us and um at one point he like scared me on purpose and like okay. like gave me like a like a direct order of like how many shots he wanted me to fire like he just did something to like get my adrenaline going and it made me realize like oh yeah. like i kind of need that to like actually uh-huh. take this seriously um, and it made yeah. me start, like, when I was practicing dry fire at home, like, start, like, learning how to, like, draw and back up while, and, like, walking mm-hmm. while I'm doing that, or, like, practicing just walking, and then all of a sudden having to draw, or having right. my son in my arm, and yeah. figuring out how I want him, like, if I had to draw, like, that's one thing, like, you have to be super, like, intentional about, like, when you're out with your kids, like, if you're having them walk with you, like, 
walking in mm-hmm. front of you and knowing like how are you going to grab them are you going to pull them between your legs like how are you going to stay like basically position yourself to be able to protect them and access your firearm at the same time um yeah. just practicing different drills and he probably thought I was crazy because I was like I always make sure I carry him in my non-dominant arm so that I have access uh-huh. to my dominant arm when I'm walking or at one point right. I was like dropping in between my legs to like hold him in place and and then I realized like okay I kind of need my legs to actually be able to like run away or to move if I need to yeah. I can't have them between my legs yeah. so there's just different yeah. things like that like just practicing and getting used to it and that also gets him co- more aware and comfortable, comfortable around yeah. me to know like yeah that that when mom has to do that I need to like chill out for a second um right yeah, yeah. that's super important yeah to to train with your kids yeah. um so that they know what to do let's so. talk about how to prepare yourself in any situation regardless of the tools that you have access to like regardless of circumstances and location for instance like when you're out of the country on vacation or simply at a school or stadium or government buildings where it's not legal to carry a gun or a taser or any type of like weapon like that um, I remember like when I was getting started, I was afraid of leaving my house to go places where I couldn't carry and letting, and I let that keep me from going out that like I went from two opposite ends of the spectrum to not wanting to leave because I was afraid of something happening to not wanting to leave because I was afraid of something happening because I didn't have my firearm on me. Um, and right. I know I've gotten reliant at like points of, of this journey on that. And, um, I feel like dispelling that myth, like if you carry that, you can't have other options is really important. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like let's talk about that. Yeah. So on vacation, so there's kind of two parts to this. So on vacation, you're still in the same situation that you would be, um, like if you're just going shopping at the store, um, you're just on vacation instead. And if you're out of the country, if you're in a different country, Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing is, is to continue what you're doing, but to to not look like a tourist, um, to make like, to know the currency, look at the map before you go out. So you're not looking at the map while you're out because these guys know what to look for. Right. And then, yeah. And then, um, and dress like the locals if you can. And it doesn't hurt to know a few phrases in the native language. Mm -hmm. Um, so those, that's like like just adapting to your surroundings Mm -hmm. um and then knowing having other basic knowledge obviously situational awareness again is always keeping um you know all of that together and then the other um part is having a basic uh understanding of like the human body Mm -hmm. um and how to exploit it if you need to get away or um yeah, if you need to get away yeah. or stop a threat, um, if you if you know the how the how to exploit the human body, then yeah. you're more comfortable without having a tool if you can't have a tool with you. Yeah. Um, as far as like schools and churches, um, stadiums, when I think of those places, I think of um, if someone was to come in and wanting to like inflict harm they're most likely going to want to inflict mass harm so they're not going to have like a knife or any contact weapon where they have to be close to people they're going to have something like uh, a gun or a bomb or a car like we saw at the Mm -hmm. parade um just a little while ago and 
for those, like the biggest thing that I recommend is looking out for like knowing where all the exits are because mm -hmm. people are going to bottleneck at the place that they know and they know is probably the entrance that they came in from. Um, yeah. And then the other is establishing your baseline. So if you establish like the what's the normal noise, what's the normal um like emotion people should be feeling what's the what's what's normal for what's mm -hmm. around you so yeah. if you hear anything outside of that then you're like okay this is not normal i need to either like pinpoint where it's coming from and get away from it and yeah. so a lot of people or a lot of times you'll see like these unusual noises happen and people are just standing there like what like they can't <laughs> believe what yeah. is happening like they can't yeah. believe what they're hearing and, and, and they're like well i what and and everyone's just standing there so if you have that baseline you're like you're able to make that identification so much quicker and react yeah. so much faster yeah. yeah absolutely i know it's always mm -hmm. interesting like when we go into like restaurants like we're very intentional about where we like to be seated and how we're yeah. how we're setting ourselves up and making mm -hmm. sure that my husband isn't the one in the booth with the baby like that he's able to be on the, the outside and be able to visualize entrances and like just have your having your back to a wall but be able to visualize right. everything and just yeah. all of that that normal people are like are you like are you okay like why do you yeah. care like where you sit at the table and yeah. it's, it, it's good opportunity to like open up a conversation of well uh -huh. why aren't you thinking about this like and I, I think that it paranoid does not like prepared does not equal paranoid like, yeah yeah and I think that's so important for people to get because it, you automatically jump to oh you're you're just paranoid like nothing's gonna right. happen but like you said it's the statistics that we have to keep in mind that you're you're never outside of the, this world is inherently evil we're never outside <laughs> of that reach and we yeah. have to be prepared for whatever for whatever comes yeah um, I actually I have something to add to that I actually yeah. there's an, an analogy that I thought of that actually I really like so um being prepared is say for example there's a snowstorm coming yeah. What do people do? They go get the food, the gas, the water, the wood, you know, all the stuff that they need, and they come back and they wait for the storm. Yeah. So that's that's good, but we could do, like, one step better, which is what we're talking about right now is situational mm -hmm. awareness and being prepared, is having all that stuff even before there's a mention of a storm. Yeah. So then you don't have to worry about getting it before the storm yeah. comes, right? Yeah. And so you're not you're not paranoid that a storm's going to come. You're not worried, yeah. you know, you're not expecting it to come, but you're ready if it does. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, people think, like, pr because of just how our world is and how we've made everything into a joke, people think that preppers are, like, crazy people, but who are just, like, <laughs> yeah. waiting for the end of the world. But it's like, no, actually, like, I don't want to have to go to the store when everybody else is rushing to the store to get exactly. all of the things that they need to stay safe. Or like at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw how crazy people mm -hmm. got about stuff because they weren't prepared. And like, even for mm -hmm. us, like that woke us up to like, okay, yeah, we actually do need to be more prepared than yeah. we are. And there's, if you can allocate even just a little bit of money every month to like adding to your like stash of stuff for like yeah. when you do need it, like even just like if you get sick and you don't have the energy to go to the store or you can't go to the store, like you have stuff if you don't, if you don't already have it in your house. So exactly, I, I love yeah. that you talked, that you mentioned that. Um, so outside of self-defense tools that you can't be like, you physically carry on your body. Is there any tools that you always make sure to keep with you in your vehicle? Yeah, so um, 
basic survival stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And Fieldcraft Survival is actually a great resource because they talk all about that. But um, yes. yeah, they're great. Um, but like, you, you want to have your flares, and like, if you live in cold weather, you have blankets. You mm-hmm. have like an empty gas can if you need to get gas. If you run out of gas, um, basic first aid tourniquet type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe some emergency food. Yes. Um, and no, I mean, I don't have all, all of, of these, but huh? I said, and knowing how to use all of that is so important. And yes, knowing how to use all that. Um, if you're in a snowy climate, you have like sand or salt or whatever. Um, and then uh, we go off roading, so we have specific off roading stuff and like yeah. large knives for that, an air yeah. compressor. Um, so you know, all like, what does the human body need to survive if yeah. they? couldn't if it couldn't get help um and then that's like the other thing uh like without firearms but like just being out it's not a bad idea to have a tourniquet on you because Mm -hmm. if you do need your firearm then you might you know need your tourniquet and you're preserving life and that's not just um defending it but also if you get injured you need to be able to save it really um so having basic medical supplies uh is a good idea to have yeah no that the tourniquet is like something that's like really important to always i feel like keep on you specifically because it's you're going to do way better saving their life if it's on you than it is if it's in your car and you have to go run to your car to get it yeah Um, and yeah that i think that's important but it's also important to have those extra medical supplies in your car that you can access if you need or replenish your stash if you have to use something like right then um yeah yeah, that's important. My husband like recently got me one and taught me how to use it, and that's that's important. He it was like Christmas morning. I opened it and he was like, "Quick, I'm bleeding out. We have to do it right now." And I, was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but yeah, it's really important to like I don't know practice that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. and that's just general knowledge that I feel like everyone should have. That's that's mm-hmm. the stuff they should have taught us in school. Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's actually dive into the situational. Well, let me say that again. Let's <laughs> dive into situational awareness and what do you look for when you're out in public? Um, and yeah, if you want to just break that down. Yeah. So and if it's just me, like I, um, I guess I'll just kind of walk through like if I'm at a store or something, yeah. but like yeah. it starts, you know, when you're driving, um, you get into the parking lot and while you're looking for your spot, you kind of see who's in the parking lot, who's outside the store. Are there any unusual vehicles like white vans or something like that? Um, I, I personally choose if I can parking either really close to the store or next to like a return, um, cart area, uh, just to have the extra barrier and that there's no one can park next to me. Um, especially like on the driver's side. Um, and then, you know, don't hang out in your car, like get out, always have your doors locked. Um, and then it's just hands-free to walk into the store. And then, like, you know, you do – you don't have to, like, be, like, looking around all the time, like, you know, when you're in the store. But you just, yeah. um, you know, stay observant. See if there's anyone, like, paying attention to you. Um, there might be people, like, every once in a while you lock eyes. You're like, oh, hey. And then, like, you see them again in the store later. Oh, hey. <laughs> like, but it's a little weird. Yeah. But, like, it's just um, – you just want to, you know, take a mental yeah. note on, like, maybe that guy is following me or, or something. 
Um, and like if it's in a store and there is someone following me, then like you you can start doing weird things in the store. Like, is this person really following me or does he really need all the things that I need? You know, like it's just definitely listening to your gut. Um, and then like, you know, especially at checkout, um, I like to just pay a little more attention just because they know that I'm leaving the store. If there's anyone who wants to do something, um, and then you just make sure that you're in control of everything. Like I'm someone who loves to carry all my bags in one trip, (laughs) which is just not a good idea. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so now I use the cart and I make sure my hands are free. Uh, yeah. When I leave the store, like I scan up and down the side of the store because if there's people hanging out on the side, why? Like why? Why do they need to hang out on the side? Um, yeah. It could just be teenagers just hanging out, or it could be someone who has uh, ill intent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I just look up and down and I just make, just take note on where people are. You're not expecting anything to happen. You're just yeah. keeping an eye on things. Um, every couple of steps, you know, you just look over your shoulder and, and then look over the other shoulder a couple steps later. Um, yeah. and then this is what I really, really want to stress because, um, I love what I have, what I do here. Um, yeah. is when you're at your car, only open the door. When you're there, don't like open it when you're 10 feet away from your vehicle because then someone could just jump right in. Um, And then my husband actually reprogrammed all the cars so that none of the flashers work. Like, you know how sometimes when you unlock your car, like the the light will beep or not beep, sorry, uh, the light will flash. Yeah. um, Yeah. Things like that. So all that is off so that no one can try to figure out what car you're going to um and then I always keep only one door unlocked at a time and that's the door that I'm at um that way there's no other points of entry into the vehicle yeah and then when you load your bags like every load you put in take a look around your shoulder right you don't want to let people creep up on you if they have that opportunity so by looking uh turning around you're not letting them like creep up um you'll see them beforehand so uh, and then just get in and lock your doors right away um and then you just get on your merry way (laughs) yeah no and and don't dawdle don't just sit on your phone in your car yeah because people that gives people a longer chance to kind of watch you um right and and possibly try to attack um i think it's also really important just to like be aware of like taking a look at your car before you go into the store of like, is there anything unusual? Um, if you come out and there's a, like, if there's a flyer on my window, when I come back to the car, I never go get it. Don't get it. Yeah. I will. I drive away immediately. Um, if there's something off, like if you have a tire that's flat, get in your car, lock the door and call someone immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be examining things. Um, and just be, be aware and don't, don't fall for <laughs> what they're hoping yeah. that you'll fall for because that's yeah that's they do thing. funny stuff yeah they'll like yeah. sometimes mark your car with paint or yep. put like a water bottle on the hood like anything yep. to just get those extra couple of seconds to distract you yeah yeah there was a time I came back and my car I, I kid you not it had a kiwi on it and I was Dude. like. I feel like this is a done teenager, but just in case it isn't, I'm just getting in my car and yeah. getting going, and it'll fall oh off my if I drive away. Like, it, yeah. it'll blow off. It'll it'll fall off. Like, yeah. But don't give them the time. I'm like, a kiwi of all the things to put on my car, yeah. a kiwi. And I've walked, I've seen people have onions on their car, and just, like, at the grocery store, just, like, random things. And I'm like, if it's not right, it's probably not right. Like, I feel yeah. like that's something that we have to remember. I remember, like, my first experience, I was probably 10 
and I was weeding for a business owner down the street from my parents' business. And I was on the corner and it was like kind of a side street. So it really wasn't like a, a busy street. And I had walked those streets so many times alone. It was like a safe small town. So they just like let me go down there by myself and I didn't have a cell phone or anything. And I was weeding. So I would like had my back to the street and I was, I was like picking the weeds and I noticed at the corner of my eye, a white van with a man go around the corner. I'm like, that's kind of odd. Like that you don't usually see that. Right. And then t- a few minutes later, he circled back around again. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's twice. And yeah. then he circled one more time. I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. And yeah. the moment that he turned that corner, I sprinted back to my parents' place. And oh, so yeah. That's knowing, I, like, I can still so vividly remember that feeling of you don't circle is- a corner like that three times on a street right. that is not busy, that's not a one-way street. Mm-hmm. and I am a little girl alone on the street, and I need to get out of here. And, like, that's the yeah. kind of feeling that you need to tap into and remember oh, yeah. that that feeling that when you were a kid, like, that when you felt unsafe, I feel like we can all remember a time when we didn't feel feel safe. Yeah. Um, and remember that as adults, like, you're just, just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you're any more safe than you would have been. But you have more tools and and resources than you did when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, and, just, and just owning that. But... Um, oh, real yeah. quick, before I move on, is there anything that you recommend in those scenarios um, that you do a little bit differently with your kids? Um, so, uh, yes. Um, one thing specifically is I always have, I'm in control of them by one extension of me. So mm-hmm. um, if my daughter's in the cart, like I'll always make sure that she's buckled in because that's just one extra thing that takes a lot a couple extra seconds to undo and that'll give me time to react um but uh I make sure that I can always see them in my peripherals a lot of times like at the store I'll see um parents with their kids in the cart but they're completely turned looking at like the produce um and so like it I mean things just take seconds you know and so um and if I can't like make sure I can't if I don't have her in my peripherals I'll make sure I have like my hand on her Mm -hmm. you know like at least have like mental awareness at where she is and I can keep an eye on her one way or another um if like both of my kids I again like always by one extension so my son he's still a baby so like I have him in the baby carrier um so my hands are still free and I can still watch her um and then um like everything else is pretty much the same um I'll load them into the car like groceries I guess like through one door um and like I'll put my daughter in there and let her kind of just roam around and do whatever while I get my son in there and then I'll lock his door and then go around and and um put her in her car seat um but then like other than that it's a lot of just teaching them about the stuff as they grow and as they like understand more and more um I think that's like the best thing you can do especially like for women because We've always been taught to be nice and kind and think about other people's feelings. And so I'm, like, teaching my daughter, like, no, you don't have to. If you say no to a hug, I'm going to I'm gonna respect that, you know? Yeah. And so, those like, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I know I'm always very conscious of, like, if I have kids that can walk, they stay, they're right in front of me. They're holding yeah. hands. We have a gridlock. We've got a code word. We've got, we're looking out for our, and just, even just, like, you don't have to scare them. Like, you can just even walk through the parking lot and say, oh, that car is red. Like, yeah. you see the red car? Just getting yeah. them to start looking around and, looking, and, and yeah. noticing things. But, yeah, and I think one thing I wanted to mention is, like, when I get gas, like, I'm very, which... 
first of all, I try to avoid the situations to begin with. Like, if yeah. I don't have to get, like, I'll send my husband to get gas if he can. Or yeah, that's we're what go I do, the, too. Yeah, if we're yeah. going to go to the store, we go as a family so that there's there's two of us. Um, or yeah. there's one of us will stay home with the with him and the other will go to the store to try to even avoid those situations from happening in the first place. For sure. Um, but if you can't, sometimes you can't avoid it. And so like, if right. I have to get gas, like I'm making sure that I have, I'm pulling out my card in the car, like where all the doors are locked and pulling out my card. I'm undoing my keys so that I have the bare minimum of the things I need. My phone right. is in my pocket. All doors are locked. I'll crack the window a little bit so that he can, he won't overheat or, or whatever. If, if it's hot outside, right. Um, yep. And you're closing the doors, locking them so that nobody can jump in because there's there's just so many situations like that. And yeah. keeping it bare minimum quick, yeah. keeping your, your back to your vehicle so that you don't get snuck up on on either on either way. Um, right. But yeah, I think that's, I don't know, I just, I see so many women at, at gas stations that like, oh, I'm like, I know. oh my goodness, I could attack you in so many ways right now. Please I know. be more aware. <laughs> Please be more yeah, aware. Yeah, I do that. Like I noticed that at the store too, where I'm just like, I could, I could take your purse, like, and yeah. you wouldn't even know for five minutes, you know? Like yeah. I could, like your your child, like could just be snatched in just a second, you know? And yes. Yeah, it's it's incredible, like the how small of an effort that you you can take to just increase security by so much. Like something yeah. as simple as just locking the doors at the gas station, like yeah. that does so much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go over a little bit cause we kind of talked through the next couple of questions already as we've had this conversation. Um, so okay. how do you recommend that women set themselves up in their home and vehicles for success? And we talked about that a little bit, like locking your doors, but is there anything else that you do specifically? Yeah. So I actually have a couple of statistics on home theft and stuff like yeah. that. So 60% of burglaries happen through unlocked doors. Um, 38% of all assaults happen during home invasions. Mm -hmm. And then 60% of reported rapes occur during a home invasion. And then victims are physically injured 40% of the time in all home invasions. So just by locking your doors, you've significantly decreased your risk of any of that. I'm I'm Um, like, who, who doesn't lock their door? I know. I, can't that. <laughs> I know, but you know what? I used to be one of those people. You know, oh, I could never. <laughs> I used to. I used to. I will admit that. I, I mean, it was always when like my husband was home, but still, it just wouldn't lock the doors. Yeah. So, um, but now it's totally different. Like we we watch our garage door shut when it shuts, yeah. and then we lock our garage door like entrance into there, and then we lock we lock all the doors, all the windows, and everything. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you can reinforce your – a lot of front doors can easily be kicked in. Yeah. So, if you, like, re, you reinforce them um, to make it so much harder because people want easy and they want to be able to in and out. And, you know, it, if it takes a long time to knock down that door, they're probably going to leave. Yeah. Now, some people are very stubborn, but yeah. – um, you can also change out your windows, like, on the first floor with um, windows that are a lot harder to break the glass. Yes. I forget the name, but there's a specific material that you can use yeah. um, for that. 
Um, and then having a plan, like have a home defense plan. Mm -hmm. If you live with other people, make sure that they know their roles. Um, if something happens, like what room you can have a safe room, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone can meet there. They do what they need. Like, cause you don't want everyone to be like, Oh, I'm going to grab the farm. And then someone else is grabbing the farm. And then, you know, now, you know, everyone's at the farm and not doing something else or gathering like the kids or making sure they get, you know. Um, and so if you have that plan, everyone knows exactly what to do. And this isn't even with um, burglaries or anything like that, but this could be in a fire, yeah. you know? This could be um, just so many other things, yeah. a, a storm, or I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so you'll have a plan, a safe room is a great idea, and you always have, like, maybe you keep your firearm there so you don't have to worry about getting it. Yeah. Have a phone that's always charged. You don't have to worry about grabbing your phone. Yeah. Um, basic necessities, uh, depending on the situation, like what you want. Um, m- medical, like if you need certain medicine at certain times, yeah. like make sure that that's always there. Yeah. Um, and same thing for your car, like having those um medical especially uh and having a plan on and being clear on what everyone's role is and what they're going to do during a specific situation um just makes everything go so much faster (laughs) and get to safety quicker yeah yeah i think it's also really important for like people to note that like have especially if you do have firearms like who wakes up the easiest like like if there was like a burglary in the middle of the night like my husband right. can sleep through a freaking tornado, like, and he, and oh, he really? would, yeah, I mean, I can yeah. shake him for, like, a good five minutes, and he won't wake up, he will only wake up to the sound <laughs> of his alarm, so, like, if there's a home burglar yeah. in the middle of the night, I'm, I'm up to bat, like, there's, the one, yeah. there's <laughs> nothing that he's gonna be able to do, so, like, that's important to, like, know of, like, how do you sleep, like, do you mm-hmm. sleep with an eye mask on, which I certainly hope you do not, um, and like, do you sleep with earplugs and like different things like that? Do you have easy right. access to your firearm at night? Do you have access to different weapons throughout your home or are they all in one place? Right. Like, and what is mm-hmm. the layout of your home? If someone came in one entrance, are you going to be able to get like for us, like our home is set up in a way that it is not easy to get to other, like you can't get to other rooms if you're in a specific room, yeah. you're trapped. So you have like, okay. make sure that like, okay, we've got things throughout the home to be able to protect yourself. And and then being aware of those where they're at when other people come into your home to visit and, and putting things away and being responsible with how mm. you lock things up. Um, yeah, it's just it's important to like think through all of those things um, because yeah. you don't want to think through them after something has occurred, after you have an incident. Exactly. You want to. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, um, so we live in a school bus. Um, not right now because we're temporarily stationed somewhere yeah. else, but 90, like, we're, oh, we live in a school bus, and that's what got me thinking exactly about, like, the home layout, where I was like, oh my gosh, um, when my husband deployed, my daughter was in the living room, and my bed was in the back, and it's only 250 square feet, so, like, there's, you know, there's only one way in, one way yeah. out, and if someone were to break in through the front door, they'd go, like, they'd run into her first, yeah. and I was paranoid that I wouldn't be able to hear anything, and we have a dog, and he's very loud, but yeah. uh, I was afraid he would maybe think it would be Justin coming home yeah. instead of someone bad breaking in, um, and so I was just so worried I wouldn't be able to hear any of it, and so that's when I started beefing up our home security and yeah. I got like motion sensor lights and I got a security camera and an extra lock for our door and yeah. so like it's just there's you you can do um 
you can do stuff to make your house more secure. And, you know, the biggest thing is you don't want to look more secure than the house, you know, next to you. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, it, yes, there's, you know, some places have higher crime than others, but crime knows no place, yeah. knows no time. Yeah. So it, it really doesn't matter. No, that's true. Yeah. I just, I'm like, I yeah. check the closets. I check, like, just my whole layout of, like, I just don't want to be a surprise attack of, of someone who is yeah. who's waiting. But that's also that's also just me. I've always been that way. So, um, (laughs) so what do, oh, has your view on self-defense changed since you became a mother, which I know you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but yeah. Um, I, I think it's mostly like how I want to raise my kids. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing. It like, these are the things that I wish I knew because I look back on my life um, where I wasn't doing that stuff. And I'm like, well, that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. You know, yeah. so I was like, you know, I shouldn't have done that in college. Like, yeah. so it, it's like all these things. And you know, the world, I don't know if it's because of social media, like if we have access to news more and people want to fear monger more, but it just seems like the world is becoming a more dangerous place. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, back when we used to run around when the lights, you know, come home and the lights turn on, yeah. you know, that, that, that's not a thing yeah. anymore. You don't we want to do that. the last generation so, to get to experience that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I want to raise them thinking about this now. Like, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but, like, with my daughter in farms, um, like, she's only two and a half and we start, we're implementing that now. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, like getting them and raising them and teaching them like what to look out for and how to stay safe in this kind of world. Yeah. And that actually brings me to my next question. That was the next question is how are you talking about self-defense or planning to talk about it with your littles? Because like, I know one of my greatest fears, like before I even got into all of this, like even just with my husband having guns in the house, I was, what if my child gets into it? And like, we're, we try to be really intentional with, with storing them. And, and I, we've had an example of like my in-laws having younger kids and watching how they handled it and, and having safes and different things like that. And, and I know you're proactive about this. I've seen you like in your stories, talk about it some, but um, like, what do you do? What age did you start at? And like, do you have any tips or resources? Yeah, so as far as resources go, I know the NRA has some good stuff. Yes. Um yeah. as like with kids. I've seen Amber L post stuff about that. It's like an Yeah, Eagle she or she posts a ton of good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um so I know like as far as resources go, that's a good one. Um for us personally, so with firearms and kids, I know there's people who don't have kids and they just put their farm on farm in their chore or like on the nightstand if they're they're not um if they're sleeping or something like that but obviously you can't do that with kids around um and i always say it's either on you or in a safe um there's no other option like either have it on your person like or in your safe um even if you're just going to the bathroom and you have to take it off second like treat it as if you're going to the bathroom in a public space um you know, like, I, I always tuck mine, like, under my armpit so that, like, I have it with me and I'm not worried about accidentally leaving it on, like, the counter if it's a single-person bathroom or something like yeah. that. Um, or, like, depending on my outfit, I can put it um, in a pocket safely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's either always on your or in a safe, no if and Even, like, in the car, you want a safe in the car because some people be like, oh, I'll just throw it in the glove box real quick. And, like, my daughter's never gotten out of the car seat, and she's never opened the glove box, but you just don't know. A, you just don't know, and B, like, 
that's not a habit you want to form. So just get in the habit, even if they're an infant and they're not going to do anything, just get in the habit of putting it in the safe if you can't take it with you, um, wherever you are. And then, um, so that, that's kind of like the safety side as far as teaching her. So we just, we don't treat it like a forbidden object because they, are curious and they want things that they can't have. (laughs) So we just let her, you know, see us like put it on, take it out of the safe, let her ask. I mean, she's only two and a half, so she doesn't really have any questions, but we'll explain like, oh, this is, you know, mommy's gun and she puts it like, you know, in her holster and this is what we wear when we go out. Um, And she sees it. She, it's just normal. We don't make a big deal out of it. Um, And then, well, I'll let her watch me dry fire. Yep. Um, and should, now she's gotten to the age that she wants to dry fire. Yeah. So we have a little, like, wooden uh, rubber band pistol that looks it, just a toy. Yeah. Um, but we treat it as a real pistol. Yes. So obviously she doesn't understand why I'm telling her to point it to the floor yeah. or why, like, she needs to keep her finger off the trigger. Yeah. She did, And she does it. Like, she, she'll point it at things she, sh- she shouldn't and she'll put her finger on the trigger. Like, yeah. they're, they're, that's just what a two-and-a-half-year-old does. Yeah, totally. But... But if you can keep correcting them and you can, and as they get older, they understand why and they start implementing it better. Um, and then they know, like, you know, let's say they are five and they go to a friend's house. Like, you don't know if their friend's house has, like, a random firearm laying around. Like, sometimes friends are like, look, like, my dad had this in the, in the drawer. Like, isn't it cool? Like, you should take it out and play it. No, yeah. like, she'll know what not to do yep. and she'll, you know, she'll be young and no. Um, and then like, you know, like we never let her touch through like the real firearm, even if it's unloaded. I even have like a, uh, dummy Glock that it's just a rubber Glock. There's nothing. It's just, it's bright yellow. It's plastic. Nothing moves on it, but we don't even let her use that because she's not old enough. It's too similar to the real thing because it's a mold. Um, so she, doesn't understand it quite yet. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like teaching them at the appropriate, yeah. uh, not age level, but understanding level. Yeah, definitely. And and, te- and yeah. taking each kid differently, like on how they learn, yeah. and how they communicate. And like, like my um, niece, she likes to ask a lot of questions and she likes to want to know like, why are you using it and what are you doing and how are you cleaning it right. and what does this do and what does that do? And the more you talk about it with them, the more they... They, they get to know it like anything else. I mean, the, the other dangerous things that we let them encounter, like knives in your kitchen, can be just can, oh, can yeah. be dangerous. And we teach them how to use them yeah. and how not to hurt themselves. And so I feel like if, if you yeah. just kind of think about it like that, of if it's, it's just another tool and this is how we use yeah. it and this is how we don't use it. And yeah, and, it, and it's like teaching them safety stuff. Like now yeah. she's getting to the age where she can um, understand, like look both ways before we cross the street. Yeah. You know, I think it's very equal in that way. Like you're teaching them safety. It's just different type of safety. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So are there any yeah. misconceptions about um, concealed carry? And I'm going to kind of go back to that, that topic for a second that you yeah. want to dispel. Yeah. So um, there's two. Okay. Um, there's one where, Sometimes people think, um, like, oh, I need to protect myself. I'm going to get a firearm and that'll make my life so much better. Yep. Um, but, and, and they think it's, it's like a rabbit's foot, right? But if you're not changing what you're doing before, like, let's say you're always on your phone in public and you're 
you're like you're being a target that way and then you now you have a firearm and you're always on your phone in public like nothing changed yep. the only difference is you have a hunk of metal on your body yep. you know and and so like you can't it's not a rabbit but you're not automatically safer it's just because you have one mm-hmm. it's the the training and the, the knowledge that you have that's your asset yep. um the tool the firearm is just something to enhance that yep. or um make you know things a little more efficient if you need to really defend your life you know um and then the other thing is that people think that those who carry want to use their firearm yes and like it's just like no it's the exact opposite i hope to never have to use my firearm because if i have to use it that means i'm defending my life you know or someone i love um and so like it's yeah Yeah. and and so i (laughs) got I don't know if I want to share this story, but I think I will share okay. it. Just kind of put it into perspective. Yeah. Um, but I, I know someone who um, has a friend completely, they think very differently. Um, and one, one was a police officer and the other guy, uh, I don't know what he does, but he, um, they're talking about a rising crime in one of the cities near them. And the guy goes, well, who do you think is um, doing these crimes? Who do you think is like shooting uh and the guy goes well nra republicans and it's and it's just like no um no (laughs) that's not nra republicans are the people who carry and hope to never i mean it's not i mean i know there are democrats who carry who believe in the second amendment i mean this is just a broad um stereotype that i'm talking about but like um, and there are Republicans who are very against guns too. Yeah. So I'm not trying to get political here, yeah. but no, it's I just mean, like, that's a stereotype that's pushed. So you have, it's, it's yeah. understood. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So it's, so it's just like, it's not, you know, it, 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 the people who are caring are not the people who want to use a gun. They yeah. have no interest in using it and they hope that they never have to. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if we're yeah. drawing, we don't want to be, um, brandishing, <laughs> If we're drying, yeah. it's for a specific reason, and we hope to never have right. to do that. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No. Um, no. So, do you have any, like, tips or tricks that you wish to share when it comes to concealed carrying? Yeah. Um, just know that it's a lot of trial and error, and yes. <laughs> it takes some time. Um, it takes time to get used to wearing it. Uh, it's going to feel real big mm-hmm. and real heavy Very uncomfortable. <laughs> when you start carrying. <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah, it is uncomfortable um, at first. I mean, and, you know, it's just, it, like I said, it's trial and error. You might not find the holster the first three times, but then, like, the fourth holster you buy is, like, the perfect one, yeah. you know? Or, um, you know, there's a couple of belts that don't really work, but then, like, your third belt, you're like, oh, yeah. this works, you I know? I have a whole and, pile and, of my, I love these, yeah. and <laughs> a bigger pile of, I hate you. <laughs> yep, yep. I same. <laughs> and then it depends on the different outfit, and yeah. then your body style. Everyone's body style is going to be different. Um, it might even be different. Like in the morning, you're not bloated, and then the afternoon, you are bloated, yes. and you have to like change things up a little bit. So yeah. it's a lot of trial and error, um, and just understanding that can hopefully like reduce the frustration. Yeah, definitely. Um, that people might have with it. Yeah. yeah, and once you find like the the divot in your body where it like kind of just fits yeah. in and you figure out like just kind of what works for you. It, it really does get a lot easier. Like I'm at the point where I don't even notice it anymore unless I yeah. like eat a big meal and I'm like, Oh, I got to adjust. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah. 
Um, so with that, is there like a go-to outfit you have or like accessories for that or like a favorite setup? So I wear like primarily spandex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, I'm always in spandex except for like when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Um, but I, so I know this isn't going to help because, um, after my concealed carry course, I was like, okay, now I need to find like spandex that I can conceal carry in. Yeah. And there, there's limited options. And I didn't like any of them that I either found or that I got, so I decided to make my own. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I decided, I started working with the manufacturer to get that set up, and I have my sample, so I've, like, been wearing that only. Yeah. <laughs> um, with, like, just a normal belt and holster. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, those aren't available yet. <laughs> but um, <laughs> a lot of people who do wear, like, sports clothing, um, the Enigma by Filster is something that a lot of people like. Yes. Um, there's also – I don't personally like it because it just digs into my skin. So yeah. I either wear, like, outside of my spandex if I'm just, like, dry firing at home. But other than that, I don't wear it too much unless I'm, like, really in a pinch and my spandex are, like, dirty or something. Yeah. Um and then people will wear, there's uh, a belt called the Comfort Concealment Belt, and you can wear it by itself. Um, people have a lot of success with that. I don't because it just moves around on me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I'll wear it in, like, a belt loop. Yeah. Um, so, that, like, as far as, like, athletic stuff goes, that's kind of, like, where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and then... You don't need a belt. Um, a lot of people might think that they need a belt, but if you have jeans and you just never wear a belt, they do make, like, you can change out the clips on your holster yep. so that, um, yeah, so you can have, like, a fabric clip yeah. on your belt. You just need to make sure that the pants are sturdy enough to hold yes. it. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, that, I mean, those are my, pretty much my, like, that's like my little... That's, that's it. Yeah. That's what I personally wear. Yeah. I have the, um, I use the comfort concealment and that's like one of my most okay. used one, but I found like my best success is always having a pair of like spandex shorts underneath any outfit I wear just for that like, extra security. Oh, so okay. then I use the fabric clip, um, or no, I don't like the fabric clip. It's the Ulta clip I like. Um, I tried okay. the fabric clip and it didn't work for me. I liked the Ulta clip a lot. And I use that, like, that way I'm, like, good to go most of the time. I can clip it on my jeans or if I'm wearing, like, a dress or something or, like, baggy or, like, like fabric pants, I'll put my, like, spandex shorts with my comfort concealment belt and then my Ulti clip. Uh And then I can clip it onto the belt and to the spandex so I've got a little bit extra retention because you're right. the, The comfort concealment belt will move around a little bit. Um, more than yeah. I like for retention, but mm-hmm. I definitely like, I love the fact that there's so many options and like, you have to look yeah. at people's like body styles. Like when you're looking for inspiration on Instagram, cause like there's some women that I follow that like their stuff just does not work for me cause they have completely different right. body types than I do. So I really do try to like yeah. look for women who have similar body types to me. Like when I'm looking for outfit inspiration, cause like there's some women that like can wear like the thigh holsters and they, they work really well for them. My thighs are yeah. so big that, like, it doesn't work, and they just slide down. Like, I went, I tried yeah. it at an event a couple of months ago, and by the time I got out to my car, I was literally, like, limping, like, trying to hold. <sighs> like, I had to go into the bathroom yeah. and adjust it, like, six times, and I'm like, this is never uh, again. This is not work for not, me. yeah. No. And I had yeah. to even practice at home, and so sometimes, like, it'll work at home, and then, like, when you're actually, like, really moving around and going throughout, sitting yeah. up and down and up and down, like, it just... 
Yeah, it takes trial Sitting up and down definitely makes, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, oh. that was a failure story on my end, but... Oh, yeah. Um, so are there any resources or accounts that you would share with women who are on this journey to become more self-aware and take their self-defense into their own hands? Yeah, so I have quite a few. Okay. So um, I had like a ton of like, I can't share all of these, though. Which um, we can also list them in the I, show notes, too, if you want to send me a list. And okay. I'll link them as well. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, but yeah, so as far as like, if you want um, something in the comfort of your own home, like the Warrior Poet Society Network has, it, they're kind of like Netflix, but for self-defense and pistol work and rifles. And then it's like just fun shows that you can watch. Awesome. Um, and yeah, and so he has, it, John Lovell is, is the guy who created this but he has like pistol one two and three on there and rifle one two three and then uh craig douglas he's um like a uh he was an undercover guy for a long time and has a ton of like combative stuff on there but specifically for self-defense um yeah. and i learned a ton and it's so cheap it's like a hundred dollars a year um, just to put it into perspective, taking one course from him, like pistol one is like $400 oh, or wow. like $350 or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, you get a ton of knowledge for not that much yeah. <laughs> for the, for the price. Yeah. So I love that. Um, and then, uh, Tony Flower, Tim Larkin and Gary Quensenberry, they all have a bunch of cool stuff. So Gary, he, he's all about the situational awareness. Okay. So he doesn't really touch too much on self-defense, but um, he talks about like how to, how to, he has a couple books out. Like one of them is how to spot danger before a danger spots you. And then the same thing for your kids. And then like, I think one for college. Um, he, great books about that. Yeah. Tim Larkin and Tony Blower, they, and Craig Douglas, like they all have um, a solid foundation for uh, self-defense. Yeah. Um, and so they teach some solid stuff. Um, as far as like carrying and getting into concealed carry, I really like Armed and Styled. Um, Me too. She has a great YouTube channel, um, great Instagram. She works with Filster Holsters, and they also have a good YouTube channel. And then Landon Tactical, I think, also works with Filster, and he has a great YouTube channel for all like intro gun stuff, um, you know, finding the right holster and, and talking about different options and things like that. Yeah. Um, I know that casual and tactical Elizabeth, she, um, came out with an ebook for, uh, yeah, for new, yeah. And I, I bought it and it's great. It has like everything you need to know. That's great. I need to get into it because I, I've been seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and then there's a couple of blogs that uh, I really like. Um, Pino and Pistols, uh, Miss Amber L. Yes. She's great. Fieldcraft Survival. Yeah. Um, and then Elegant and Armed, Natalie. She has uh, a bunch of good stuff. And she works with Joelle with Denim or Dark Alley Denim. Mm-hmm. And they create some really cool products. And they, they're coming up with, like, new um like new ideas for concealing better. Oh, cool. Um, for example, like they just came out with a tank top that like really just, you can throw, like put on, it's this really pretty tank top, put it on and you're going to be concealed like very, very well because of the way that they made it. I love that. Um, and I haven't seen anything like that anywhere else. It's really cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh all right, a couple more um active self-protection if you want to like play mental games they have a bunch of security footage um like crimes happening that you can watch you're like okay uh this is happening so what would i do if this happened to me you know it's a great way to learn without being in that situation itself um and then freedom concealed has some good stuff thin blue lifestyle has some good stuff on instagram and then if you really 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 want to get into like the nitty-gritty of firearms in general yeah um paul harrell is good these are all guys on youtube lucky gunner yes honest outlaw and yeah and t-rex arms those guys i like love enjoying it it's funny because i was like um i'm like after i took my concealed carry course i started watching like youtube videos and justin's like uh he would hear the voice and be like oh is that is that lucky gunner and i'm like how'd you know? And you're like, I watch him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if he's watching it, then I know I have a good channel that I'm watching. Yes, yeah. so we like Lucky Ginner and so. Charles and we love T-Rex Arms. That's awesome. Mm, Thank you is. so much for all those resources. And I'll definitely link yeah. those. So we're going to wrap up pretty soon, but I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Um, So your company that you started and the website's coming soon. Yeah. I know you've been working on that for a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a whole journey. Um, it, yeah, it's just like, uh, anyway, it's up and down, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, is the company actually called Koa? Yeah, it's Koa Athletics. Koa Athletics. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell yep. me a little bit so, about that. Yeah, so I started Koa Athletics. They used to be a CrossFit coach, um, and I started it to create athletic clothing wear. Okay, cool. And I had, like, developed a couple samples of some stuff, and then after I took my concealed carry course, I wanted to look for spandex, and I couldn't find anything. I was like, this is what I need to do. Um, And so I went back to the manufacturer. I'm like, I'm sorry, but we're going to go in this direction now, and develop concealed carry spandex um and they were like okay sure (laughs) so so um we've been working on that um but koa is hawaiian for strength and bravery and so the motto is to be koa to be strong and brave um and i was like you know what i need to run with that i need to like there's so many like there's just not a great place to just go and and um learn like everything you need to know in one spot yeah you know like yeah like you can find a good youtube channel but people also talk about like just a bunch of stuff and there's not like a structure you know you don't know where you want to start with the best place to start um is this even correct information and so i want to create that resource for people to just go and know that they're covered right from the beginning um and so that's kind of the platform that i'm working towards i love that uh so yeah yeah so if you want to tell us a little bit about those those projects i know you had mentioned to me like that you have a mini training and then a larger online training coming and then another huge project that you've been working on yeah which is i have yeah that's the spandex. Yeah, okay. yeah, the large project is the spandex because it's just been, it's taking forever. Like, this, I didn't realize how long working with manufacturing, how long, like, that process actually takes. Yes. I, was, I thought it would be launched, like, last year. So I'm, 
Like, I'm like 95% sure, like, it has to be launched in 2022. (laughs) Um, So we'll just see. I mean, but the supply chain, too, that's been putting, like, bonkers, like, on, like, yeah, because they had, like, a machine that went down, so they couldn't have anyone to to come in and fix it. And then, like, they had supply issues. I'm just like, all right, I guess we're just hang tight for a second. So it's it's been a challenge, but I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty sure that it should be. See, I mean, it might be December 30th of 2022, <laughs> but I think, I think it'll be out this year. Awesome. Um, anyway, yeah. So, um, the other thing, so I have a mini, mini training launching in February, um, just about, uh, basic situational awareness is just going to be, um, like a day or two. I haven't decided quite if I want like one or two days, maybe even three. It depends on what people want. Um, and then by the end of the course, have like a fully developed home defense plan. Um, cause I think that's just a fantastic place to start. Yeah. Um, and then I have a larger training because situational awareness is just so big that, um, I want to incorporate everything who like people who really want to just kind of, I'm ready to just be independent and be confident in myself and not have to rely on uh, someone else to help me, um, with just identifying or or helping if I, if I'm in need of immediate help. Um, and so, uh, this is actually something that, like, I wish I had that when my husband deployed. Yeah. Uh, where I was just like, like, I know to look around. I know to, like, stay off my phone. But that's kind of what the extent yeah. that I knew, you know? Like, I didn't think about where should I sit if I'm an establishment or, like, knowing all the exits or, you know, certain things like that. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, they're even just thinking about, like, barriers or cover and concealment and, you know, yeah. all that um, when you're out. So... So I want to put together something like that and eventually do a firearms section too. But I think situational awareness is the best place to start. Yeah, definitely. And that can serve so many people. Um, even, I don't know, it just serves a wider demographic than, than those interested in firearms just because there's less people. Right. But it also opens yeah. the door <laughs> for people to start thinking about things and that opens mm-hmm. the door to be able to think about the, the possibility and idea of, of carrying. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great conversation. Thank you so much for like <laughs> sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Um, I'm yeah. Like I feel like I even learned so much in this, and your content yeah. is just amazing. And I really appreciate the time that you dedicate to to teaching women because it's really really important. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for being here today. Yeah. Thank you. You can find Casey on Instagram at Casey Lynn Tactics and be sure to stay tuned for her upcoming launches. Thank you so much for listening in this week. Check out the show notes for information on how to connect over on Instagram or over email. And if you want, share your story and maybe even be my next interview. I also want to throw it out there again that you can check out my new account, Further and Free, as I am relaunching my virtual assistant business to help women further their businesses and creative endeavors by taking tasks off their plates and freeing up their time to work on their God-given gifts. If you or someone you know is looking for support, reach out to me. I'd love to be of service. If you feel called to, please share with the woman who you know needs to be strengthened and encouraged. It would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know how you like the show. Thanks again and be sure to subscribe and we'll be back here next Wednesday for a new episode. As always, I'm so glad you're here. You are wanted, needed, and loved. I see you, I hear you, and you, my love, by the grace of God, you are enough.